Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. One of, uh, sorry, did I just catch in? I was expecting one of Pastor Amy's famous introduction. She did such a fantastic job over the summer, and it would be interesting to see what she would say about me. So she's not here this morning, so that's why we're not getting one of those famous introductions. But I am uh, Greg Clark, and if you've joined us in the last couple of months, I'm the lead pastor, but I've been on sabbatical. Uh, So it's really good to be back here again with you all. Uh, I usually start off all my messages with just such a good declaration that today is a good day. Today is a good day. Well, um, God is good. Amen. (laughs) That's good. Some of you said amen. Some said all the time. I'm sure all of you back watching us online are just yelling in your living rooms, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. Uh, I'm excited to be here today after having a, a sabbatical. Um, and uh, I've, had a, I've been gone for three months, which has been fantastic. And this morning, I want to share a little bit about what, uh, what happened while I was gone. So some of this will be um, just a sharing of just some of the, the logistical stuff of what I did while I was gone, and some of it's going to be what I feel God has been speaking uh, specifically to me over this last little time. It's our tradition um, in the Christian Missionary Alliance that every seven years or so that pastors go on a three to five month sabbatical. A sabbatical is a chance to get away, to take a break, to refresh, to revision, to refocus on what God's doing. And very specifically, it's, it's meant not always to be like the, the Moses coming off the mountain with the fresh revelation type thing, but a chance for the pastor to really look inward and have a chance to say, what is God speaking to me? What is God doing in my life? And likely, some of that's going to come out in the leadership of the church and that kind of stuff, but it's really an opportunity to look and see, what is God speaking to me? This is my second sabbatical since coming to Beaver Lodge. My wife and I came to Beaver Lodge in 2002, and that's right, on September 17th, which is just coming up here in less than a month, um, we will have been here 19 years 19 years. Isn't that unbelievable? It's just crazy. We came straight out of Bible college. I was 25 years old, which felt quite mature and old at that point. But now as I look back, I realize not so much. Our new uh, student ministries pastor, Nate, is 24. Is that right, Nate? 23. Okay. So when I think of him, it's just like just a young pup. Just a young pup. So good. But 25 years old. I had a young bride. Farrell and I had been married for about three years, I think, at that point. Um, we had a three-month-old baby, and we were excited to be here, and we're still excited to be here. My first position was as a youth pastor, and then nine years ago, I moved into the position of the lead pastor. And I knew at that time, when I moved into the position of being a lead pastor, I knew I needed more training to learn what it was like to be a leader. I needed to understand that better. And so for the past four years, I've been working towards my master's in Christian leadership through the Crest Leadership Program. And that's actually how I began my sabbatical. So in my sabbatical, I, I, I finished off that program. I spent the first five weeks of my sabbatical, completing my master's in Christian leadership by writing a thesis, and the thesis was called Renewal in a Digital Age. 
And all that really meant was, I was just trying to figure out how do we do Holy Spirit renewal and how do we do discipleship in an increasingly online format? A lot of people are, are tuning in online. People are watching. You guys are possibly watching online right now or catching up sometime in the next weeks or months, catching up on this sermon. Uh, how do we do Holy Spirit renewal and discipleship in a space where a lot of people are going to be online or they're watching from home or those type of things? So that's what that paper was all about. It, took a, it was a chance to take a look back at some of the things we've already done as a church. Since COVID hit, we've pivoted incredibly. We started live streaming our services. We, started, we created an online community uh, group for people to join in where they can prayer, pray together. They can think through uh, different scripture passages. They can interact together. Uh, we also did uh, several other things that were necessitated by COVID. But then I also, my master's thesis was looking forward because our world is continuing to be an online digital environment. So what are we going to do in the future to help to be able to bring together our community, bring together the people that call this their church home, and bring together the people that are maybe looking at where they can find Jesus? And what's very interesting over this last year, as our church has been pivoting to more of an online presence, uh, we've had incredible, incredible results. It's, it's amazing. We've had people come to Christ who have never come to our church before. Um, we had someone, if you were here this summer, we had someone get baptized this summer uh, who kind of really joined our church as we were pivoting into this new COVID era. Um, we, uh, we had someone who I've been reaching out to for many years. I've invited her and her family to come to church here many times uh, in the years I've been here. She's never shown up before. But since COVID hit, she began watching us every Sunday. So there's lots of really amazing success stories in that to see how God is beginning to use some of this online digital presence. So that's what my master's thesis was on, was looking at how we can continue to use this well, as, as well as using our in-person stuff. So it wasn't just online, but it's how do we do this in both of these different areas. So I finished my paper. I turned it in after about five weeks. I had about a week of revisions to do when the professor sent it back to me. And as of June 14th, I have completed my master's in Christian leadership, which is just fantastic. So you can clap if you want. I don't know. It's good. <laughs> it was a big deal. It was a lot of work to get that all done and accomplished, and it was actually quite fantastic for me. Um, one of the other goals that I'd set for my sabbatical was to get some, one, some good one-on-one -on -one time with my family. My oldest and only son, Gavin, uh, graduated from high school last year, and he went in January to go to YWAM Discipleship Training School, and he went to Kona, Hawaii to do that. He spent three months there, he spent two months in Mexico, and they asked him to come back again to do some staff training this summer. He's going to be doing a, a deeper Bible study uh, course uh, this fall with YWAM still, and it looks like he's not going to be coming back until January, or, uh, until, uh, until, sorry, until the end of December at Christmas time. So we accidentally launched a kid, which is terribly difficult. Um, we, we thought he was going to be back within five months. We thought he'd be back in June, but here he is. He's going to be gone for the entire year. So there's a little bit of grieving that we've had to do in this last season as we accidentally launched our first child. Uh, so as we did that, I started thinking, I've got three more kids. My daughter, Abby, is 16. My, uh, my, so my s second child, Abby, is my first daughter, is 16. Rachel is 14. And Katrina is 11. So possibly within the next seven or eight years, 
we are going to launch all of our children. Now, I don't know if seven or eight years feels like a long time to you or not. It does not feel like a long time to me. It feels like I've got hardly any time at all with my kids left. And so as I looked at that, I was like, you know what? I need to make sure that I'm very intentional about spending time with my kids while they're still in my home. So one of the goals of my sabbatical was to spend part of that time with my kids one-on-one. Each kid got to pick what they wanted to do. So I sat each one of them down and said, okay, what would you love to do? If it was just you and I, what would you do? And they each picked something that didn't break the bank and was only about two or three days in length. Uh, and it was quite exciting. So Abby picked whitewater rafting. Isn't that fantastic? I love I've got, I've got adventurous kids, right? So Abby picked whitewater rafting and mountain bike riding in Jasper. So we went down there and did that for a couple of days. That was wonderful. Rachel picked going to the West Edmonton Mall water park, horseback riding, and the Edmonton High Ropes course, which is just amazing. I love doing this with them. It was really, really fun. So one-on-one, Rachel and I went and did that adventure. I got to tell you, if you haven't seen the, the Edmonton um, high ropes course. It's right next to, there's, they have a ski hill right kind of in the middle of Edmonton, and there's this high ropes course right there. And it's an amazing, like, four-story high, high ropes course. And you, when you're up at the very top of it, um, you attach yourself to this tiny little string. I think it's like a thread is all you're holding on to. And you jump off of it with nothing else holding you except for this little thing that I'm sure is not properly weight associated for me. But I jumped off, I lived, I hit the ground, and I was still not broken. It was fantastic. Anyhow, Rachel had a, had a blast. Katrina picked the West Edmonton Mall, Galaxy Land Amusement Park, and horseback riding, and it was just really fun to be with each of my girls one-on-one. Uh, we stayed overnight, just, just the two of us, and got to really just talk about life and talk about nothing in particular. And I had a chance to just, I had a, a long drive with each of them each way. It was just really, really fantastic to spend time with each of my girls. It was really a good time. We also took some family time together. We went down to, um, uh, to Calgary and did some fun family adventures down there. We did some camping at Pipestone, which is really fun. What a fantastic gem we have right here next to us. It was just really an amazing time of connecting with my family. Um, another one of my goals while I was on sabbatical was to hear Jesus for myself. I wanted to get away for a little bit, to be able to just listen quietly to what Jesus was saying. And so I had a couple of different opportunities to do so. One of them stands out in particular. I was down outside of Cochrane at this place called the King's Fold Retreat Center. It's right on the Ghost River. It's a beautiful, beautiful little space. If you ever get a chance to go down there, it's a nice, quiet space just to be. And I was at this little footbridge they have over the river, and the, the water in this river is crystal clear. It's cold, but I, and I got in a little bit, but it's crystal clear. It's beautiful. It's fast running, and it's just this amazing space, and it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no other sound anywhere. It's in the middle of the trees, uh, and it's just this beautiful space, and I just stood on this little footbridge, and I just asked Jesus. I said, Jesus, what would you say to me right now? And I'm waiting for some kind of giant revelation, something And Jesus just simply speaks this to me. He says, I really, really love you. And he just said it over and over again. Greg, I really, really love you. And I wrote it in my journal. And I just said, he really loves me. He really loves me. What a funny thing. He really loves me. He's a good and he's a kind God, isn't he? Do you know that it's the love of God that draws us to him? It's his love. It's not hellfire and brimstone. It's not, 
condemnation and, and anger and frustration. And we can't yell enough at people to draw people to God. It's his love that draws us to him. God is love. John says in 1 John 4 that, that we're supposed to love each other. This is like one of the greatest commandments. Love each other. If you don't love each other, you don't know God because God is love. And then John says this. He says, this is what love is. Not that we love God, but that God showed his love for us by sending his son Jesus to die on our behalf so that we could receive the love of God. God is love. Can I just tell you today, wherever you're at today, whether you're in this building, whatever is happening in your life, whatever circumstances are going on, whether you're at home and you're watching online, whatever craziness is happening around you in your life right now, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God really, really loves you. He really loves you. Well, I also got to read some books. I even read a fictional book, which was fantastic. I hardly ever get a chance to read fiction. It had nothing to do with anything whatsoever. It was a wonderful waste of time. I had a great time reading it. It was just wonderful. It was really fun to read. I also got on my sabbatical uh, because I was intentionally not... um, not coming to church here and trying not to watch the services here, that it was really difficult. On Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, I was like, I should be there. I should at least be watching. I have watched all the services since then. Man, you guys had some amazing, amazing services while I was gone. Just unbelievable services. But I didn't watch them while I was was on sabbatical. So instead, I got to watch services from the churches in our area. So every church in our area— uh, that has an online presence. I went on and I, I tried to join in with as many as I could possibly join in with. Um, I also watched two famous preachers. I watched Andy Stanley and T.D. Jakes on a couple different Sundays. In fact, um, the Sunday that I was watching T.D. Jakes, I don't know if you guys know who T.D. Jakes is. He's an amazing uh, big black pastor down in Texas at this place called Potter's House, and it's an amazing church, um, and they just, they have beautiful, beautiful worship. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just wonderful. Anyhow, as I was watching this service, um, Katrina was still in the house. She hadn't yet left to go to, to church here. And she's watching the worship going on. And she said, Dad, is that Vegas worship? And I was like, well, it's close. It's close. So I don't know why exactly she thought it was Vegas. It was quite lively. People were dancing. It was really fun. Uh, but it was just wonderful, wonderful service. But I got to watch services from all around our area, which was just really, really encouraging. Uh, as well, during my sabbatical, Farrell and I got to work on our marriage some more. What a great opportunity for us to work on our marriage. We invested uh, quite a few hours in seeing our own personal marriage counselor. Uh, and I think we're learning to go deeper in our relationship. We're learning to see each other better. And sometimes they're har- harder than others. And just as a, a vulnerable moment here, uh, marriage has not always been hunky-dory. It's not always been wonderful and fantastic. Marriage is actually quite hard sometimes. And as I looked back at this last year, I know that it's been a strain on, on my marriage, and that's been something we've been uh, pressing into and we've been working on. And, uh, and I assume, I don't know this, but from some of the people that I've been speaking to in this last year, um, it seems like marriages in general— have been difficult in this year, and they've, we've, we've been stressed. There's been extra difficulty uh, in families and in marriages and in all kinds of relationships. And so I, I want to encourage you to do something today. I want to encourage you, um, everyone, whether you're married or not, I want to encourage you to talk to somebody about how you're doing. Talk to somebody about how you're doing. If you need to, go to a professional counselor. 
There are amazing professional counselors in Grand Prairie. Burden Bearers is an amazing Christian counseling firm. Uh, I would encourage you to go uh, meet with them or meet with a friend. Take someone out for coffee and sit down and tell them about how you're doing. Talk to your small group. You can even talk to one of us pastors. We'd love to, to sit and pray with you and, and walk with you through some things. But my encouragement is that everybody needs to talk to somebody about how we're doing, especially after this year. It's been a hard year, and we need to be talking to people. You know, these last 18 months have not been easy. And even if you're doing well, and you look around your life and you say, I don't know if I'm affected that much by COVID. I kind of have always stuck to myself, and I'm still sticking to myself, and it's just fine. Maybe you haven't been affected very much, but you've likely been affected some, and possibly in ways that you don't understand. I remember early in COVID, over a year ago, I would have said that I was doing pretty good. I would have said that things are, are fine, and they were. I would have said that things were even good, and they were. But I was having difficulty sleeping. Uh, my eye was twitching sometimes, which is a sure, surefire sign that I'm going through some stress that I don't know about. And so those are just clues to me that I need to pay attention to what's happening in my life right now. I need to pay attention to the underlying stress that's happening for me. And now we've been living with COVID for 18 months. What, what, what used to be like a two or three week thing over a year ago has now been 18 months. And regardless of who you are or what you believe about COVID, our world has been stressed. And all of us, some more than others, have gone through trauma. 18 months of trauma. Loss of relationships, loss of freedoms, loss of rhythms loss of jobs or supports, loss of our feeling of, of safety, our feeling of comfort. You can fill in the blank with whatever has been a loss for you. And we've had these losses over these last 18 months, and those losses, those hurts, and those difficulties have caused trauma. Do you know what trauma is? Trauma is the, the lasting emotional response that often results from a, from a distressing event. It often results from a distressing event. And often we talk about trauma in the sense of a, of a singular short-lived event, something that happened over a, a day or a week or a month. Not normally do we talk about trauma as something that's gone over for 18 months. That's actually severe trauma. When you walk through something for that long, you get used to living in a space of trauma. When I went on sabbatical, I felt really good, actually. I didn't feel tired. I didn't feel distraught. I didn't feel like I needed to go away for health reasons. I didn't feel like I was burnt out or anything like that. But once I got on sabbatical, the weight of what I'd been carrying over the last year kind of came off my shoulders. And all of a sudden, I went, I took a breath and I went, oh, man, there was a lot this last year. There was a lot happening this last year. And as I thought about this year, I started to realize how our congregation was going through distressing times and difficult events, and how likely we've picked up some trauma in this last year. And I looked at our community and our society, our nation and our world, and certainly there has been trauma that has happened. And then I thought about what, what do traumatized people do? What happens when a, when a traumatic event happens and people are traumatized, and they don't deal with their trauma. What do people do? Well, they get sad. They get depressed. They become easily exhausted. 
they get angry, they get anxious, they get fearful, they become paranoid, they become combative. And I, I looked around at our world and I went, ah, okay. Our world has just gone through 18 months of trauma and people are responding as if they've gone through 18 months of trauma and they've not dealt with it. Now, some of the stuff that's coming up in our world right now needs to come up. There are amazing things that have come up in this last 18 months that need to come up and they need to be dealt with. But the way that many people are dealing with these things shows that obviously we have some un, undealt with trauma. So what does that mean? Well, it's one of the big takeaways from my sabbatical. As I spent this time over the last three months just listening and praying, I looked around and saw that the world is traumatized. And the church is traumatized. I mean, goodness gracious, folks, as you look around at the, the big C church right now, as you look around at what's happening in our church, in our extended brothers and sisters around this world, there is a lot of brokenness right now. There's a lot of difficulty. There's a lot of stuff that's not in the right shape. You know, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we don't go through trauma. People are acting in a very distressing way due to undealt with trauma. And what the world and the church needs is to have a healing encounter with Jesus. The church and the world needs a healing encounter with Jesus. And I know these are big, complicated problems, but there's a very uncomplicated answer that people need to have an encounter with simply Jesus. There's an invitation that Jesus makes in Matthew chapter 11. Here's what he says. Look at this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Look at what Jesus says here. He says, All things have been committed to me. He's got the whole world in his hands. 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 Okay, sing this with me. Okay, so whether you're at home or not, you guys at home sing along with me also. But we're going to do the brother and sister version. Do you guys know this one? He's got the whole world. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. We're going to do that. And I want you to point to somebody around you as we sing this. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Isn't that such a comforting thought? In all the distressing, traumatic, difficult times that have happened in these last 18 months, God is not gone. He's not off in the corner twiddling his thumbs. He is actively holding the world in his hands. Jesus says, all things have been committed to me. All things. Jesus has got the whole world in his hands. And then he says this. He says, all things have been committed to me. I've got all this in my hands. And he says, come to me. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Who else could you go to except for the one who has the whole world in his hands? You and I need to bring our weariness and our burden and our COVID trauma to Jesus so that we can receive his rest. And then, here's the kicker. We're not supposed to just do that so that we just feel good and then we can just sit in our little holes and, and be happy. The kicker is this, that once we've received the rest from Jesus Christ, once we've had an encounter with him and received healing for our trauma, the call for us then is to go out into the world. As a church, you and me working together, we can be a place where our friends and our family and our communities Bring their sorrows and their difficulties to Jesus and find rest for their souls. See, our message is simply Jesus. Just bring Jesus to people. Just bring Jesus to people. The message is Jesus. The other big takeaway from my sabbatical is is directly tied to this. The message is Jesus, and you are the messenger. You are the messenger. When Jesus came to earth, he took a a small group of of disciples, 12 disciples, and he took those 12 and he sent them out into the world to do what he had been doing. He said, go out there, cast out demons, heal the sick, proclaim the coming of the kingdom of God. Proclaim the kingdom of God at hand, he said. He did that with his 12. And then a little while later, he did that with 72 And then we see at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit falls, the Holy Spirit falls on 120 who are empowered by God to go out and continue doing the same thing. And then in the rest of the book of Acts, that that story just multiplies again and again and again. More and more people who are carrying Jesus out in the world to multiply, multiply, multiply until the kingdom of God continues to come. In fact, Jesus said that he was going into heaven so that the Holy Spirit would come so that every single follower of Jesus Christ could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instead of one Jesus going out into the world, we now today have millions and millions and millions of followers of Jesus Christ filled with the Spirit, going out, casting out demons, healing the sick, proclaiming the kingdom of God at hand that amazing? It's amazing. The way that he multiplies himself. See, Jesus came to empower the priesthood of all believers. Did you know you are a priest in the kingdom of God? He came to empower the priesthood of all believers. Sadly, oftentimes what happens in the church is that we over-empower the one priest or the one pastor. It's time. It's time for you to take up your mantle again and be the priest. It's time for you to go and be the one that's going to carry the message of Jesus out into the world. The message is Jesus, and you are the messenger. And the good news is that I see this happening. Many of you are already doing this. While I was gone, so I was gone for about 13 Sundays, I think. While I was gone, the only person that we had that came from outside the church was Caleb Penner to preach on a Sunday morning. It was Caleb Penner, and he grew up here, so he's pretty much one of us anyways. So basically, over those 13 Sundays, 
We only had people from our own congregation preaching, people stepping up out of their comfort zone to, to, to be able to, to step into a place they've never been before and proclaim the word of God. And man, those, those sermons were doozies. There were some really amazing sermons there. If you haven't had a chance to listen to those messages, they're all on beaverlodgelionschurch.com. Go back and watch them. Some of them are like 25 minutes long. And you can, you, can, you can actually download the audio for it. And by the time you drove from Beaver Lodge to Grand Prairie, you can listen to one of the messages this summer. Be amazing. You'd be very encouraged. One of them, Caleb Penner's, was like an hour long. So you'd have to drive Grand Prairie and back just to get that all in. But amazing sermons. Amazing sermons. And it's not just preaching. Because you guys are carrying the message of Jesus out into our community already, into our workplaces, into your neighborhoods through your volunteer hours, to your family and your friends. Many of you are doing this. Keep it up. I thought of just a couple of examples. As I looked across our congregation, I thought of a couple of examples of how you guys have been carrying the message of Jesus into our community. The Peace Country Gospel Jamboree this summer that happened. Amazing opportunity to spread the, the message of Jesus Christ. The, our local food bank is run by some of the people in our own congregation. Uh, there's many people in our congregation that are coaching hockey and baseball. There's many people in our congregation that are foster care parents. There's many people in our congregation that are stepping into racial and indigenous truth and reconciliation. There's many people in our congregation that are loving on LGBTQ people. There's many people in our congregation that are supporting the street-involved people. There's many people in our congregation that are serving the addicts and the broken. And there's many people that are doing this in unorganized ways just by carrying the love of Jesus Christ into our community, just by being Jesus-filled people. What an amazing, amazing call to carry the truth, the love of Jesus into our community. The message is Jesus, and you are the messenger. Whether it was in the church or out of the church, many of you stepped up while it was gone, and I encourage you to keep on doing it. Just last week, I met with, uh, for prayer with a member of our congregation, an, an older-than-me woman. And she mentioned how often she, uh, she's on the phone with people. She calls people up. She goes through the directory. She calls people. She prays with them. She encourages them. It was such an encouragement to, need, to me to know what she was doing. I mean, she was hurting herself. She was going through a difficult time, and that's why I was there praying with her. She was going through a difficult time herself, but she was not using that as an excuse to just hide. She could have. She could have just hidden in her home. But no, she was getting on the phone, and she says she's often on the phone with people encouraging them, praying for them, and lifting them up. What an encouragement. Keep on encouraging one another. Keep on lifting each other up. If you're listening here today, and you are discouraged because you feel that nobody's reached out to you, you feel like nobody's called or nobody's visited, my encouragement to you is to get on the phone. Get in the car and drive to somebody's home. Find someone that you can be reaching out to. Be a part of the solution, because you are the messenger. You're the messenger. Jesus is the message. You are the messenger. So I want to say thank you to people who stepped up while I was gone. And, and I, I, I could not possibly go through the entire list. There were so many people that stepped, stepped up while I was gone on sabbatical. It would be crazy to try to list everybody out. 
But there's two people in particular that I feel really stepped up in some big ways. And neither one of them are here today, so they won't be embarrassed by this at all. Uh, But Dave Penner, who is the chairman of our board of elders, stepped up in a big way. He met with me on a regular basis through the sabbatical. He was meeting with Pastor Amy on a regular basis through the sabbatical. He did a ton of work in the background, just making sure things were running and making sure things were moving moving forward. Uh, So I have a huge... uh, Would you join me as we just thank Dave Penner for his work over this time? And of course, Pastor Amy, oh, she stepped up in an amazing way. She went above and beyond. And you may not have realized this, but if you think back, the first Sunday when I was like, so I I preached at the end of uh, April, I think it was. Uh, Was that right? I think so. Um, Anyways, I preached my last sermon, and then that day I was gone. So I shook everybody's hands, and I was out of there. Um, But Pastor Amy continued on, and that next Sunday was the first Sunday that we did that three-week lockdown. It's like everything had to get shut down, church had to get shut down, we did online only, so she had to pivot again, all by herself, pivot to being online only. Of course, there was tons of you that were helping her out with this, but, but she had to lead that. Uh, she also led uh, putting this, new, this amazing carpet uh, into the building. Uh, lots of you guys helped out with that. There was tons of people. Phil was a big part of that as well. Many of you put in uh, volunteer hours, uh, but she helped to lead that. And there's just a number of things that she did over these three months where she went above and beyond uh, and really made this an amazing, amazing time. Uh, so she's on a well-deserved holiday right now. She's going to be gone for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but would you just join me in thanking Pastor Amy also? And I heard she was fierce with people as well. Because there's some people, as I'm coming back, I'm having meetings with people, and they said, Pastor Amy wouldn't let me call you. And I'm like, that's good, that's good. So she was fierce, uh, and she was sticking up for me. It was fantastic. Um, all right, so I want to end with just a little story here. During sabbatical, our family uh, had a chance. One of the only churches we went to uh, physically was Grand Prairie Alliance Church. So we went to visit Grand Prairie Alliance um, in person one Sunday. And uh, when we were pulling up, they have this uh, billboard outside, this electronic sign that they put their announcements on and stuff. Um, and as we're pulling in the, in the parking lot, uh, it said on there, you are never alone, which is a fantastic thing to say, right? In this time of isolation and difficulty and all stuff, hearing that I'm never alone is a wonderful, wonderful thought. Katrina saw that, and I heard her in the back seat of the van read it out. She said, you are never alone. Man, that's creepy. (laughs) Of course it's creepy. Like, doesn't that sound super creepy if you read it in a certain way? Well, creepy or not, it's the truth. On our Facebook page this last week, the question was asked, what Bible verse gives you hope? And I I wrote down a couple of Bible verses. Here's what I I wrote. I said, Joshua 1.9 is one of them. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's the last part of that verse that's so key. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, we have a a New Testament version of that. It's in the Great Commission. So I added that verse on, and I said, these two verses mirror each other. To Joshua, it was, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Jesus speaks this over his disciples. He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then this same sentiment, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You see that, right? You see that Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not running away from you. I'm here. You are never alone. The message is Jesus. You are the messenger. And Jesus is always with you. Well, Jesus, we are just so thankful for you. So thankful for you. We are not alone. You bring uh, clarity to clouded spaces. You bring peace when there's only difficulty and anxiety. You bring hope to places where there is fear. You bring your love over all this. And so right now, Jesus, we just, I just invite you, would you send your Holy Spirit right now over your people? Speak the name of Jesus over you, congregation. That you would receive from Jesus a fresh anointing of his peace. That you would receive a fresh anointing of his hope. And that you would receive a fresh anointing of his love. Filled all the way up with the Holy Spirit, that you would be able to receive healing for the difficulties you've walked through this last year, and that you'd also be able to give out that peace to others. Jesus, you are so good. May you be honored and glorified, and may you multiply yourself through your people here today. We love you, Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you, and we are loved by you. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you'd like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ, and then make him known.